Welcome to the Even the Rocks podcast, where we believe that just like the rocks cry out proclaiming Jesus as our Savior, our symptoms cry out to help us support our temple. I'm Lindsay. And I am Danielle, and we are your hosts here. We are both nutritional therapy practitioners with a biblical worldview, and within this podcast, we will teach you the way God created our bodies to be innately intelligent. You will be pointed to Jesus and understand how to support your body best. Merry Christmas, and we are back for your for a Christmas episode. This is the first time I think Lindsay and I have ever done anything like Christmas-wise on here. But um, again, when we started out in season one, we talked about how people in our profession and in our industry typically worship the creation and not the creator. And both Lindsay and I love the outdoors. We both like to run to the hills whenever there's <laughs> whenever there's a time that we feel overwhelmed and just need to be with God and be reminded of his powerfulness and our not like how little we are compared to how, you know, how big and majestic God is. And I was watching this YouTube channel of this woman. I absolutely love her tips and tricks and things in um, in the wild. And she talks about all of these things. And there was a Christmas list. Like she was doing a gift guide for like $50 and under. And, and she just happened to kind of like an under her breath side note kind of thing was like, I don't even understand this holiday season and why gifts are there and why there's so much pressure and why we even celebrate and things like that. And it just it kind of flipped something in my mind that like, oh my gosh, this is yet another realm of where Lindsay and I put ourselves and enjoy the outdoors and enjoy all things like natural and earth and things like that, that people are not aware of what Christmas actually is and what it's about and why it's this time of season and stuff. So that's where we're kind of going today. And within what I said, I know we're going to expand upon gift giving. I know we're going to talk about the reason for the season and just maybe some emotional eating, maybe we'll go into there and things like that. So yeah. Hey guys, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like my first instinct, Danielle would be to agree with that lady. Like, I don't like all the gift giving and all the, the stress that comes with giving gifts and the stress with that comes with, you know, I am my love language. My last love language is gift giving. Same here. Uh, <laughs> I suck I at I, it. I don't even like, I like getting gifts. Yeah. Everybody likes getting gifts, but even like now as an adult, now that I can purchase the things that I want to purchase, I don't even like getting gifts because typically I'm not going to get a gift, like the exact brand or the exact type or in my kitchen. I don't want a whole bunch of different stuff. I want everything to be the type that I want clothing wise. I want the type that I want. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not picky about some things, but some things you are picky about, especially the things that you really want. You're going to be picky about those things. So all that to say, I would tend to agree with that woman. But then once you think about it and you're like, okay, why do we give gifts? What is the reason for giving gifts at Christmas? There is a purpose. There is a purpose to the whole season and, and wanting to give, be generous. Yeah. But when, when we, when we don't understand the purpose, then it becomes why people are frustrated with gift giving at Christmas time. Absolutely. And like, I am echoing everything you say. Like I now, I feel awkward when I receive gifts because I'm like, eh, 
like even if it's a really like if it's something that I know someone got me because they knew me like even if they know me well and, and like get me something like I had a client recently get me it was the sweetest um gift and she wanted it to go on my tree and it is a um an Olympic uh plate like bumper an Olympic weight bumper for my barbell but it's an it's an ornament for the tree and it was so cute and she had it customized with my like logo and my name and everything and it was so sweet but it's like awkward because then it's like for me because of consumerism has crept into our then you have to buy her a gift yes like that's what it feels like but i and that's where i have like stood my ground that if someone gives me something does not mean i have to reciprocate and I'm working on a lesson I'm actually teaching tonight on holiday eating and thing and the emotions of just the holidays and things and thinking about the stress of that. Think about the stress of gift giving. You show up to a work party and of course there's going to be like a gift exchange or there's the pressure to do a secret Santa or there's the pressure to get mom and dad X, Y, and Z or your husband or, or whatever. And it's I don't think people understand that gift giving is not keeping up with the Joneses and is not going into debt for that. And you made a, you made a really good point of people that go into debt at Christmas time. It's ridiculous. I've done it. Goodness. I've done it before. Like, and it was dumb. So dumb, but you made a good point. Was it yesterday when we were talking on polo, when you were saying something like, um, what was it? You said something about the mentality of people giving and it's stuff that they, um, you know, uh, do the one about the ice cream cone thing. Tell about, tell them about the ice cream cone thing. Yeah. So earlier, I think it was either this year or last year, I just decided I am not buying pointless gifts. I'm not going to buy your kids gifts. I'm not going to buy just these because you know, you, you, you go to a kid's birthday party and you can't show up to a birthday party without a gift for, you know, your friend's four-year-old. And then you give them this gift, but then at the end of the birthday party, the mom's like, well, now I have to go clean out our toy room and get rid of all our junk from last year to replace all this year's junk. But thanks for bringing my daughter a gift. Like, hold on. It's just trash. It's just going to get thrown into some landfill somewhere. It's just there are so many things that we can do to be generous with our money more than buying a bunch of junk. So last year I did, I tried to do think of so many different creative ways of giving gifts. Um, like, like the ice cream cone I had, we, my husband and I have a couple friend and they have two daughters and their birthdays are actually on the same day, but they're not twins. Like, Oh, that's kind cool. Of um, and so they had a birthday party and I was like, how can I give them a fun gift that's going to that's going to have meaning to it? Because I don't want to just give something pointless. I want to be good stewards with my money. I want to be good stewards and be generous, but how do I go about that? So, you know, I I went to the grocery store and I bought a box of ice cream cones and I put a $20 bill in this little card. I put a little card on the front of the ice cream cone. And I said, go buy your favorite ice cream at the grocery store and then go have a family picnic on your living room floor, enjoying ice cream. And so I spent like, you know, $27 on their birthday presents, but it wasn't pointless. It wasn't something that was going to clutter their house. It wasn't something that it it created community in the family. Mm -hmm. It created 
a, a memory between the family, it created this time that they had to be intentional with what they were doing, how they were spending their time. They got to enjoy ice cream and, you know, it was, it was a fun gift. It wasn't like I just said, here's a card and here's cash in it. Like I, yeah. I didn't want to do that because that's not meaningful when you just hand them money. Like, you know, that's not as meaningful as here is what I, I want you to be purposeful with, with this money. I gave them an, a box of ice cream cones, you know, that made it more like, okay, this is an intentional way of giving money. And so yeah. it, it felt generous, but it also felt like it had purpose and it wasn't just mixed in with a car full of toys that they had to take home and fill their playroom with. Right. And, you know, after you said that, I started thinking about it because our kids, like, they don't really have a Christmas list this year. And they had a very small one last year. And I started thinking about why. Like, because me growing up, I always wanted, like, a boom box or I wanted, you know, I always wanted one big thing and then I wanted a bunch of clothes. And I thought about it. And we are very intentional about creating moments with the kids throughout the whole year. It's not one time of year. And we kind of downplay the whole gift giving and upplay like the experience of the season. And what I mean by that is, you know, starting in January, our life doesn't change. Our life is the same in January as it is in December. Like, and I'm, and I don't mean that we're the same people because obviously we've grown, but I mean like we don't change like, oh my gosh, we have all this abundance to nothing in January. You know how most people will enter into January with like this scarcity, like, oh my gosh, we just spent all of our money. We have no money. We can't spend anything. And then it transfers into, oh my gosh, I need to be scarce with my food because I put on all this weight. And then it transfers into, oh my gosh, I need to be scarce with my giving, with my generous giving throughout the year. So all throughout the year, we set up experiences for the kids so that they don't feel like they are without. Do these experiences cost a ton of money? No, some do, but some don't. And the other thing is, is that we make it very purposeful too, in that we're constantly thinking about where are we giving back and include the kids in that. Where are we giving back? And so I like to think in these last few years, I like to think about Christmas time as my first fruits. Yes, the last of the year, but I start thinking about my first fruits and giving. Like, where am I giving my first best offering and where is it going? And I want to serve God's people. And we as a family want to serve God's people and, you know, and start end our year and begin the year in that kind of a heart or mindset. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like not, not starting the year and ending the year out of, uh, of going into like extreme abundance where there's actually no need for it. And then starting the year with scarcity mindset, we want to be an abundance mindset all year round. So like that has pulled back and like I have seriously put a budget on how much we spend at Christmas time on each of the children and that budget may still be like kind of high, but they get one big gift and that's it. One big, and it's usually honestly Legos. That's all they want are Legos. And that's completely like, that's, that's something that provides experience over and over and over again for our family. And we're okay with that. But it's like, I think in the past where I would fill the room for two-year-olds, two-year-olds. That's just insane. It was dumb. Like it was dumb, but it was also like my mother-in-law and from my husband's experience growing up, he's like, you know, my mom would wrap every little thing because they were really poor growing up. And 
she would wrap every little teeny tiny thing to make it look like they had more to open. And so that idea to my parents did. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, why do we need to open so many things? Why is there that need or that desire to constantly need something to open? And you know, when you open something, even if you as an adult are sitting around with a family Christmas and you have like all these gifts sitting next to you, you open them and you look at them, but then it's like, okay, two seconds, I have to move on to the next one. Your attention is already moved on instead of just like, I don't know. I, I just have a lot of, I struggle with gift giving. I am not, that is not my gift. <laughs> I do not give gifts very well. Like I think of it last minute, but if you have a need, I am there. Like if there is a need and so, like it is a known need, I can fill that need as best as, po- yeah. as best as possible. But it's like, again, the materialism like is such a turnoff for this season and it makes right. it hard to go to work parties, to go to family events or friend things, or, you, and know. Then, you know, you have that, you have that party with a group of friends and it's like, Oh, I have to take a gift. So let me run to the, let me run somewhere and spend $15 on a little gift that nobody's really going to appreciate. Like what's the purpose that we always I say this about everything. We have to ask why, why are we doing this? If you want to make Christmas, you know, the gift giving the generosity meaningful, make it have some type of purpose rather than just, you know, Oh, I have to go grab something because I have to grab it. Like that. There's no purpose in that. Yeah. No, I, and thinking about your heart, like during this season too, is, like something I am very intentional about during the Advent season is to slow down. I am go, go, go. If you know me in real life, you know that when I have a slow day, it's like I'm bored and I don't know what I'm doing with myself. And that's a whole problem in and of itself. But I force myself to slow down during the Advent season. The four weeks of Advent, I take my time I purposely slow down and slow down my reading in the Bible. I slow down and look at what is the purpose behind this food I'm making? What is the purpose behind my movement or my non-movement today? What is the purpose behind my interaction with this child or that child or my husband or my neighbor? Am I like, I'm very intentional. And I think that slowing down to, I don't know, address the root of everything is kind of, the whole thing that Lindsay and I do and try to point you toward. And, you know, what is the root behind me wanting to go get a cup of coffee? Is it because I'm, and I know this sounds like, like I'm exasperating something, but the whole idea of thinking about why am I going to get a cup of coffee? Is it because I actually need it? And if I need it, there's a problem with my adrenals or my blood sugar or something like that. Or is it because I actually want to sit down and enjoy it? What is my purpose behind going to coffee houses to meet people? Is it to enjoy the conversation? What is my purpose behind going to um, a, a work event? Is it because I'm expected or because I want to? I don't have to, like, we don't have to show up where we don't feel like we need to, right? Like, I think that's another thing, too. We think that there's so much expected of us. And we put so much on, you know, the kids have school and they have all their events and things. This season is just too busy. We continue to put more pressure on ourselves that is not even, not even required or necessary. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in middle school and I wanted 
these specific pair of jeans that were like, I think they were buckle. Yeah, they were buckle jeans. And I wanted them so bad, but buckle jeans were like $90. And I begged for them all year long. I was that kid that like lived in old Navy jeans and, you know, no name brand clothing. And I just begged for these jeans. And my mom was like, okay, that's your only gift. Like, I'm not even buying you little gifts. That's the only thing you're going to get this year if you want those buckle jeans. And, you know, my parents, like, gave us our stockings. And even my stocking was lacking that year. But I wanted those specific jeans with, you know, the thread on the butt of the kids. And it was just like, then I went to school and I, like, over-exaggerated all the gifts that I got because my friends were getting, you know, three pair of the same kind of jeans for Christmas and they were getting everything else that like they had the rooms full of presents. And I was like, Oh, I got, you know, I opened three presents mate. Like I opened those jeans that I begged for all year long. And then I got my stocking that, you know, I might've had like a $5 gift card to here or a gift card here. So I went to school the next day, you know, when January came and I was like, yeah, I got some clothes and I got, you know, a stocking full, like there was some candy in there and gift cards and makeup and on and on and on. And it was like, they got the same thing, but I completely over-exaggerated because I didn't want to look like I was lacking. Yeah. And wasn't it wasn't that my parents weren't generous with us. It was that I was asking for this outrageous gift that didn't make sense. Why would you spend that much money on a pair of jeans anyway? That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, it was just, I wanted what everybody else had. So it wasn't even about what I genuinely wanted. It was that I was comparing what I was getting to what everybody else was getting and what, what their Christmas morning looked like compared to what my Christmas morning looked like. You know, that's, that's just stupid. No, I 100% agree. And it's like, it's to me, I think about the relationship I had with my parents and I was always given the things, whether they had the means or not. And I never went without, which is, I mean, great. Like that's great, but I never went without But what I really wanted was to be seen, known, loved, and valued. I didn't really want the things. And maybe that's where I come from to, from this point is that I think it's more important to, to see people, to Mm -hmm. know them, like know them intimately and not, I don't mean just intimately, like whatever. I mean, like be in relationship with them and understand like, laugh at laugh at their jokes like and know what they're gonna say and know what they when you're intimate with someone you're gonna know what they want you're gonna know what they need and you're going to be provide that right and when you value someone and you value their time and their existence I think that that is where we you know we are so connected to people socially on networks and online and things like that. And we don't actually know how to value people and we don't have a value on the relationships that we make. And so then there's, 
you'll see people saying like influencers online. Like I just, one of my favorite gals, I don't ever bother her, but she has people intrusively thinking that they are so close to them. And I forget what that's called. When you think you have a closer relationship with people online than you do. And they were all concerned about her going home to her family for the holiday for Thanksgiving, but she left without her boyfriend. And she's like, first of all, this is none of your business. And if I wanted to talk about that, I would, but this is only a part of me. And maybe I left him at home because he had work to do, you know, like, it's just like the the boundaries are crossed and we already think that we have issues with boundaries of people in real life. We have issues with boundaries online, like with ourselves, what we post and what we share and what we ask of people. Yeah. But you know, there, and I've, I've noticed whenever you're giving gifts to someone and it's something that they really need or it's something that they really want, you're going to be more excited to give them that gift. Mm-hmm. And it's bring you more joy in giving that gift than buying something pointless. That's not, that's not necessary. Like I spent, here's something, you know, I know somebody that is about to have a baby and all these people are buying all these stupid things that aren't really necessary. And I knew that they're really struggling and need groceries. So I went and bought them. Like, you know, I probably spent between two and $300 on groceries and filled up their house with groceries. Didn't say anything, snuck into their house, hid it in their pantry. They, you know, I didn't want them to automatically know it was me, even though they figured it out. But yeah, that gave me so much more joy to go fill somebody's pantry in secret than, oh, here's a box of diapers because you're having a baby. Like, no. Yeah. And while that may be, yeah. And while the diapers may be a need, right? you saw something else. You yeah. saw that they, that they matter too. It's not all about the baby. And, you know, the only, um, like, that's the thing that I wished had happened for me. There was on our last birth, I think I actually had a couple of people actually come to my house and literally fill my refrigerator with dinner. They didn't ask for anything in return. They just showed up. And that kind of thing, like, I want to be that mom that walks into my kid's house unnoticed, like they don't even know I'm there, does a load of laundry, folds it. I don't even care if I put it away, but folds it and leaves it there just so it's one last thing that they have to worry about. I want to be that person that knows of, you know, of someone that's getting ready to go through surgery. Like I know a gal that's getting ready to go through surgery and I plan on sending her a gift card. I know this is, again, I'm not the best gift giver, but she's got three kids and a husband and she's going through a surgery that's going to require her to be down. So if I can help take something off of her list of grocery shopping and like even the finances needed for that, it, that and do it in secret and not like that's the other thing too, not to boast. We're not supposed to boast with what we give. And I wonder if there is, I think you hit on something. Is there a sense of pride in how much we spend or the biggest gift that we give people? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And you know, not, I don't want to say all of this to say, don't be generous. Don't give someone something that they want or like a fun gift that really might not have purpose, but it's something that they're going to enjoy those gifts are still important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, giving gifts that 
are going to bring joy to that person is still in it. That still has vital importance, but just not, not buying something just because you have to. I think that's why so many people stress at this time of year or because they gave one kid more gifts than the other kid. Like that doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have stress with it. Just be generous with what you've been given. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about some traditions that you do, things that have worked and things that haven't worked? I am a huge traditionalist. I I can make a whole episode on traditions. I grew up, okay, so now I'm not very close with my dad's side of the family as I am with my mom's side of the family. Um, my mom's parents were saints straight from heaven. Um and my, my mom grew up on a farm. Uh, it's been in the family since like over 180 years or something. Like, you know, we have this farm. My grandparents have been gone since, well, my grandma has been gone since 04. Um, my grandpa has been gone since 13. Um, so I always grew up, if a holiday was not spent at the farm with, you know, my mom is one of 11 kids. So it was massive. Um, we have over 140 descendants. My, just my mom's immediate family is over 140 people. So like, we're talking all these people, first cousins galore. And then, so my traditions, if it wasn't at the farm, I didn't want any part of it. I didn't want any part of any, like every holiday was meant to be at the farm and that's where I wanted to be. And like I said, my grandma died on Easter Sunday of 04. Um, and then, you know, life happened. My grandpa had to go to the nursing home and traditions changed. And so the year that, the year before my grandpa died, no, the year my grandpa did die, um, we made this, we did this random thing and my parents were like, okay, what do we want to do that's special this year? Because we had sold, we had sold the farm that year. We couldn't go to the farm. Grandpa had just died. Like it, it was so we had, um, well, we, we hadn't sold the farm. Yes, we had sold the farm yet. Um, but we had like hired hands living in the farmhouse, but we could have been, you know, at the farm itself, but it just, it was just so stressful. So we were like, what can we do that's fun? And so that year we decided we all wanted seafood and we made a picnic on the living room floor. We watched the family man and it was completely non-traditional it wasn't the, you know, typical things or Christmas meal where you sit with your Christmas China. My, that's my mom's big thing. Like she has a China for every holiday and you sit at the table and you, you, you go through and you talk about everything you're thankful for that year. And, you know, all these different, she does. yeah, we have that. Um, and so I am very much tradition is the way you have to do things. And, um, and so that year we ate seafood on the kitchen floor, on the living room floor, watched the family man, and we each get our own bottle of sparkling grape juice. <laughs> and it has become my favorite tradition. We've done it every year since 2013. And at first it was really hard, but now as an adult, you know, this year I don't get to spend Christmas with my family and it is killing me, but I, I get to go to Georgia for the whole week of Christmas and be with my in-laws and I'm, I'm, I'm a little struggling with it. 
because I've never not been with my mom on Christmas morning. I've never not had a sleepover with my siblings all in one room watching a Christmas movie the night before Christmas, you know, all these traditions that I will like die behind. I don't get to do this year. And so I think because, because the traditions changed when my grandparents died and my dad's family doesn't have traditions. They don't do the same thing every year. They don't even like do like one year. I remember they had in the, like after my grandparents died, we came to my dad's family for Thanksgiving. Like we had chickens. We had, we had like our own little tiny rotisserie chickens for Thanksgiving. And I was like, hold on, this is not acceptable. Like this is, I don't like Turkey that much, but this is unacceptable completely. (laughs) I like my traditions to be exact and stay the way they are forever. And I think if, if I would have gone into marriage, still clinging to the traditions of my childhood of being at the farm and of having everything the exact way that they're supposed to be, I would not be able to handle this Christmas. And I mean, it's hard. It's hard that I'm not going to be able to be at my mom's house for Christmas this year. But I think that traditions are vitally, vitally important, especially for children, especially for security, Mm -hmm. especially for many, many things that children have to go through. Um, But understanding that traditions and, and, you know, that goes back to everything that Jesus did while he was here, he crushed traditions. Were they important? Yes, most certainly. The Pharisees traditions were extremely important for the time that they were necessary. They had a purpose. They had a very specific purpose. But once Jesus came, once Jesus died, those traditions were obsolete. They had a time and a purpose. And so, you know, seeing my, seeing my grandparents die and seeing the farm become what it is and just, you know, Hey, I hired hands destroying the farmhouse, (laughs) you know, seeing all of those things and now having to not be with my family for Christmas and getting to spend, getting to spend Christmas with my in-laws who don't have traditions either. Like I had, you know, in the last 10 years I've had to spend, well, not the last 10 years you know, years here and there, we had to spend and change traditions and do different things. And that was really hard for me, but I can see, I can see the, the purpose in not having traditions anymore. Also. Yeah. Is is that saying that I'm not going to make traditions for my kids? Yes. I most certainly (laughs) will make traditions because traditions are important and they have purpose, but I was one of those people who got so wrapped up in traditions that if they ever went at all wrong, I had a hard time with it. Um, so yeah, probably eating, eating, uh, seafood on the living room floor because it's non-traditional. It has become a tradition that was healing as our traditions changed. Yeah. So for me, um, I like how you went on that change. Like you had that, I, the, um, this like theme of change when you talked. And I think that that's a great way to enter, like introduce where I'm going. So as kids, my grandparents were very active on both sides of our family. They were on both sides of my mom and, you know, mom and dad's side. Um, they were very active in our family and, um, 
we were very traditional, like everybody got together at, but you know, wherever. And we did our things. And, um, of course we had fun and it was like, there was food, but it was always about like getting to spend time with the family and the cousins and all the things that we didn't maybe get to do often. Right. And then my grandparents, I, I lost all of my grandparents by the time I was in third grade, except for one. And so my mom's side of the family, instead of, it's just my mom and her sister. And then she had like, I have two cousins there and then it's just my brother and I. So we would get together and try to, that's it on my mom's side. I know, but I mean, we have like, I have a lot of, a lot of second cousins. I haven't talked about my dad's side yet. Um, but like, we would just get together and have like a somewhat traditional meal. And it was just kind of like, it was always, there was an elephant in the room that grandma and grandpa were gone too soon. And it was just not, I don't know. It, as soon as like I left for college and their kids left for college, like we didn't, the families didn't meet for holidays anymore. And we still don't. So then on my dad's side with my grandma, while she was still like my grandma has Alzheimer's and she's physically alive, but she's not there mentally at all. Um, Like and when I say not at all, she's in a home and like can't even open her hands and can't lift her head herself and that kind of thing. So um, all the while she was around, like we still did things together or she would come up and visit the different kids, you know, the different families and things. And it was never like a big celebration over time. And then it's gotten to the point where I, as an adult with my own children, I'm like, I want traditions. Like I want, I want foods. I want experiences. I want events. I want things, you know, to be normal, like a normal routine. And I was hung up in that for a very long time because I am not a tradition kind of person. Like I just, I don't like, I love routine and I look at, routines as like what needs to be what is important the only thing that I have kept traditional is that the kids and I and and my husband we go through and do an advent every single Christmas the kids get um, a scripture so each child at their own reading level um, they read a part of either scripture or um, you know something or an actual devotional and then we do a lego advent So they open up their Lego day of the week so that we do the scripture, we pray, and then we do their Lego advent. That is what we do every single year. And that is our tradition. It's also tradition to not have traditional foods at Christmas because like last, last year we had a taco bar or a nacho bar and that was sufficient. Like, I think it's been really hard for me to build tradition. And then I set, settle back in the idea of what actually matters And it's Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. And that is what matters. So when all else gets busy, when all else fails, when my Christmas events don't go the way I want them to, or I forgot to schedule something or whatever it may be, I can always fall back in that the kids are excited to do Advent. They're excited to get into God's word. They're excited that they can, like the, for us, we use the idea of, the Lego advent that they're building pieces like scripture builds upon itself and scripture reveals something. Each of those pieces, each of those advent doors that open reveal something new. And so we kind of just use that as our, you know, story line and tradition for the holiday, for this holiday season. So there's encouragement for those of you like me that are struggling and fumbling with, without having tradition. You have to have turkey on Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's 
Not okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I even like turkey. <laughs> I like turkey, but I eat it all year round. So it's like it's nothing special to me. And ham, like, I get it. Like, I love ham. Like, ham for Christmas. Like, we always do a ham, like, Christmas ham. But I have ham year round. So it's like, it's not super yeah. special. Yeah. I don't know. All yeah, right. I struggle with not doing. I mean, and like, like Judd, he was like, yeah, I don't know what we're going to have for Christmas. We could have, we could have steak for Christmas dinner. And I was like, I love steak, but that is not, that's not Christmas dinner. Like what? I don't know. I think it sounds good. Steak with a good old New York strip with blue cheese and bacon. Oh, I could do that any day. Yeah. Can we not have that like the day before Christmas and then have traditional Christmas dinner on Christmas? Like, or both days. <laughs> I'm with Judd. Sorry. I want my traditions. Yes. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up this episode, Lindsay and I thought it would be very fitting to read to you about the birth of Jesus. And we are, if you want to follow along with us, you can. Um, we are going to be in Luke 2 in the um, ESV version. And Lindsay, do you want to start reading? And then I will start at verse 8. Yeah. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cormacus, the governor of Syria, and all and all went to be registered in his each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of, Na of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the day or in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And that's what we wish for you this holiday season, that you would that you would be able to give glory to God in the highest and understand that Jesus came to you in, sac in, uh, in a manger, in claws, and that God is literally with us. He's experienced everything we've experienced. He he is not a God that we serve that doesn't know what we go through. He knows us. He sees us. He values us. And my gosh, we he loves us. And the definition of love is like, he, it's sacrifice. He God did the ultimate sacrifice of bringing himself down to save us once and for all. And so with that, we wish you guys a very Merry Christmas, and we will see you again next week. Merry Christmas. Bye, y'all.
Thank you for listening to this episode. You can support this podcast by going to koko-fi.com slash even the rocks podcast or find this link in the show notes. This helps to support us continue to make these episodes available to you. If you would like to work with either of us, you can find us on Instagram at even the rocks podcast or email us at even the rocks podcast at gmail.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please rate us at five stars and leave us a review. We appreciate you greatly for listening.